Hi, this is Samantha Lushtack with Absolute EHS, and I'm here today with Louise. Hi, Louise. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Good. So today, uh, for listeners, just so you're aware, we are going to talk about the loss of a pregnancy during COVID, as well as um, Louise's current pregnancy with her rainbow baby. So if this is something that you don't want to listen to, turn us off right now. Um, but Louise, uh, you've been so vocal about everything that's happened. And can you, can you tell us what sparked that um, window into your personal life? Yeah, when I, um, when I lost the first pregnancy, um, I, we told some friends, because we told some friends that we were pregnant, and um, we found out about some other people who'd had pregnancy losses who we didn't know had had pregnancy losses. And even though I I already felt like, you know, I want to be open about this thing that happened. um, I don't want to keep it private because any other, any other type of grief, I really wouldn't be able to keep private if a parent died or a friend died, everybody would know that that had happened. And I didn't think that there was a good reason to keep it to myself. Um, I think that it's, you know, it's sort of a societal shame thing that, that makes a lot of people keep it to themselves, though obviously I respect anyone's choice to keep it private if that's what they would like to do. Um, but I do know some people who would like to talk about it more. And some people said this to me, even when I shared my story that they wished that they would have talked about it more when it happened to them. Um, so, you know, really finding out already that there were other people in my life who'd had this experience who, um, didn't feel comfortable sharing that they'd had the experience really prompted me to, to be a person who was open about it and did talk about it. It takes so much strength to break down those societal barriers, as you put it, um, and put it out there. So I know I appreciate it and I know many other people do too. So, uh, let's, let's start there. uh, Would we call this, uh, the first pregnancy, a pandemic pregnancy? (laughs) <laughs> yes. Well, um, I mean, obviously, at the time that we conceived the first pregnancy, um, COVID existed in the world, but it wasn't yet clear that it was going to have the impact on the United States that it was going to have, um, that it did have and is having. Um, and so I wouldn't say we were actively trying, but we we weren't trying not to get pregnant, I guess is how I would put it. Um, so it was a little bit of a surprise and we actually found out about it about a week into the lockdown. Um, and it was really jarring because we were, you know, we were kind of in that place where like, we were like, oh, let's not like actively try yet, but, um, but you know, not stop trying to not get pregnant, like I said. Um, but we weren't, we weren't gonna actively try for a little while. And, you know, my first thought when I realized that my period was late was like, oh no, now is not a good time to be pregnant. Like I definitely was about to be like, hey, maybe we should be more careful while, you know, this pandemic thing is going on. And, um, but my body was like, oops, too late. So, um, you know, it was also a little like, I think that the first thing we all thought when we found out we were gonna have to quarantine was like, well, let's, you know, buy all the wine and liquor in the world. So we had definitely done that. And I was like, well, what am I going to do if I can't drink? <laughs> so that was that was a, my very healthy initial reaction <laughs> to <laughs> being pregnant. So, yeah, it was definitely 
it was definitely at, at a COVID pregnancy, but not like, I actually got really annoyed at first when I was pregnant, when people started making those jokes about like quarantine babies, like we were like, we were so bored. We just like decided to have a baby. And so I was like, that's not what happened. So you were um, a pre-quarantine, pre-pandemic yes. baby. Yeah. I mean, the pandemic was happening. It just wasn't quite here yet. All right. So pandemic baby pre-quarantine. Make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, things at home, it sounds like they changed too with the lockdown. Uh, just so everybody knows, you're also, you're also in New York. Mm-hmm. So lockdown for us happened in March, right? Yeah. So I started working from home in the middle of March and my husband always works from home. So we were both home um, all of a sudden, all the time. And uh, so we were kind of adjusting to that at the same time as we found out about the pregnancy. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of change all at once. I think um, my husband also started or was getting ready to start a new job right around that same time. Oh, wow. Okay. So what, um, <laughs> what did pregnancy look like and, you know, doctor's appointments and everything else? Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, it, it was bad uh, at that time you really weren't allowed to have uh, anyone else with you um, for any appointments. It was my first pregnancy and um, I'm a really anxious person and I'm also very bad at self-advocating with doctors. So we both really wanted um, my husband to be able to be there as well to attend to the appointments um, and he wasn't allowed to. Um, So we went for uh, the eight week checkup and um, I had to go in by myself and I couldn't get a good signal to be able to even call him. And it was, I remember it was raining really hard and they wouldn't even let him in the waiting room. So he was like standing out on the sidewalk in the rain and I felt awful about it. Um, and they, I, I went to a midwife, my first pregnancy. And so they didn't do a sonogram or anything. They, um, they also would have normally, they said, done a fetal Doppler, but they said they weren't doing the fetal Doppler because of the pandemic, which I'm still not exactly sure why that was, but that was what they told me. Um, and so they couldn't listen for a heartbeat or anything. Um, so it just kind of ended up being a conversation. And I did tell her that I was really anxious. I had a lot of anxiety about the pregnancy because it was my first one and I really wanted to make sure everything was okay. Um, and she gave me the referral to get the um to get the ultrasound but she said that she would recommend waiting until um it was it was late enough in the pregnancy to get the first trimester blood work done also um and this is just an example of me self-advocating badly i i decided to like to take that recommendation and wait and make the appointment for several weeks so um that couple of weeks in between those appointments, I was just like a nervous wreck all the time. Like I felt like something was wrong. Um, and then about a week before that appointment, I woke up and I was uh, bleeding a little bit. And um, I called the midwife and they were kind of, they were kind of reassuring. They were like, oh, everything's probably fine, but you should you should call the ultrasound technician and like go in today just to make sure um so we did that and 
we went to that appointment. They also wouldn't let Paco come in. And, you know, we, well, Paco really argued with them about it. He, um, he was like, you know, it seems like something might be wrong with the pregnancy. Like it would really mean a lot if we could be in the room together and they just said flat out no. So he again ended up standing on the sidewalk um, and I had my phone um, and I, ha I was able to put him up on the video call so he could see the sonogram. And so I was looking at his face on the phone when they told me that there was no heartbeat, there, the baby had stopped developing. And um, he just like, he was wearing a mask of course, but he, I could just see his face drop and um, it was so awful that he wasn't there. It was just, it was just the worst thing in the world, even though he was just like a couple of feet away outside the door. Um, and, you know, the, the technician, the doctor kept talking to me about like, this is so common. It probably happened a few weeks ago, which was like not even a little bit comforting because I was like, that means that by my eight week appointment, this had probably already happened. And like, so all in my brain, all I was thinking was like, if they'd just done the Doppler or if I just said like, I know I wanna get an ultrasound now because I feel really anxious. Like I wouldn't have gone through these last few weeks of thinking that everything was okay when it wasn't. And I kept trying to interrupt her and I finally did interrupt her and I was like, can I just, can my husband please just come in now? Cause he's standing out on the sidewalk hearing this and she did let him come in at that point. So we were able to be together for the rest of that conversation. Um, but yeah, finding out about it that way was just so miserable. And I'm sure that like finding out something like that is always just awful and the worst. Um, but it was like, it was a uniquely COVID moment, I think, to just yeah. be forced to be apart from each other. I'm with you. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it sounds like your, your midwife couldn't even scan because of COVID. I guess it was early on. There was a lot more concern about surface contamination and cross-contamination. Yeah, that might have been why. Um, did you get screened before they let you in? Yeah, they were doing temperature checks and stuff at the time, for sure. Uh, I, you know, this is now the second time I've heard this story, and it, it's, um, I'm so sorry. Um, so, I guess moving. Well, what did what did your did your doctor have any advice regarding? I guess, uh, COVID and what you needed to do next, or if you were to try again, or? So at that point, we weren't really talking about trying again. We were, we, we had to terminate the pregnancy. And I, looking back, I don't really know again, why this didn't come up and why I didn't ask about it. I guess I was just too, um, too destroyed by everything that was going on but nobody brought up like terminating at home doing it medically um like with medication um it was always a dnc so um of course also at that time the hospitals were really overwhelmed um and but they they just went ahead and scheduled a dnc for me for like a day two days later um and so you know, thinking, thinking back, I'm like, I really wish I hadn't have had to go to the hospital. Like just having to do that was so miserable. But one of the things that made it really shitty is that I imagine, and I have not gone to the hospital for a DNC before this, 
Um, but I imagine usually you just like go into the hospital and go up to the floor that you need to go to. But because of COVID, they had security and you had to tell security when you went into the hospital why you were in the hospital. Oh no. And um, so they didn't want to let, I, I said we were going to labor and delivery and I was clearly like not delivering. Um, and so they tried to let Paco not come with me. So I ended up kind of having to tell them exactly what happened and then they let him up. But I was like, I, uh, that was just, that sucked. <laughs> I didn't like having to uh, explain it to random men in the lobby of the hospital. Um, and I mean, cause also essentially what you're saying is like, I'm getting an abortion, which like, this is not what I said, but I, I did like have those moments of like fearing judgment for terminating my pregnancy, even though my pregnancy had self-terminated. Um, and then we went up to the floor for labor and delivery and we ended up having to explain it to like three or four more people because nobody knew where we were supposed to go for some reason. Um, but we finally found where we were supposed to go. And then just for some reason it took for Ever. We were there for, I think, 14 hours and it's a 45 minute procedure. Um, and it was just, it was, it was not a fun day. It was really miserable, um, obviously. And like the waiting was awful. Um, that was when I got my first COVID test, which was uh, before they had the ones that don't go as deep into your nose. And they made me sing the Jeopardy theme song. They said that it was they were going to have to swab for the length of the Jeopardy theme song, which I'll never hear that the same way again. Um, and then a couple of hours later, everyone kept coming into the room and telling me that my COVID test was negative. And I was like, I didn't think I had COVID. Like, this is not comforting news to me. I just want to know that, that I'm going to get to have my procedure and go home soon. Um, so I think that they ultimately, we got there at, I want to say 10 a.m. and I think they ultimately did the procedure about 9 p.m. Um, and I woke up in recovery and it was like I, I've only been under general anesthetic a few times in my life but it was like I had no there was no moment of like wondering where I was or knowing like not knowing what had happened or anything like that I woke up immediately and they had told me that I would have to wake up drink juice and use the bathroom and then they would let me go home. So I woke up immediately and I was like, where's my juice? Like I was so ready to get out of there. Um, but this is something that was awful that happened because of COVID. Normally they don't do DNCs in the labor and delivery floor. So they had me in a recovery room that was the same recovery room where they put women who had C-sections. So there was a woman right next to me on the other side of the curtain who just had a c-section and her baby and um when i got up to use the bathroom before they would let me go um i had to walk right past where the baby was so it was just like insult to injury to have that experience um and all I wanted to do was go home. And they, at one point they told, somebody told me, somebody who was just misinformed told me I had to wait an hour. But I was like, no, they said if I drank juice and went to the bathroom, I could go home. And so um, we found someone else who said it was all right for me to leave. So we did finally get out of there. I think it was about 1030 that we got to finally leave. Um, 
but yeah, it was, it was a miserable day and I was so angry about everything that happened. And I knew that, I knew that a lot of it was because of COVID. I knew that the recovery room thing was because of COVID. Um, I knew that probably COVID contributed to why it took so long. Um, but it didn't, it didn't make me any less angry about it. Um, it didn't, it didn't help with just feeling like there could have been more, um, more management of expectations, like for how long it was going to take. It was kind of like when your airplane keeps getting delayed, like they kept telling me like, oh, maybe in an hour, maybe in an hour, maybe in an hour. Um, and I really think that they could have warned me about the recovery room thing. Like that was just a, that was just a nasty surprise. Yeah. It sounds like with all the changes in hospital procedures and I mean, New York being so overwhelmed at the time, um, you have every right to be angry. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Was Paco allowed in recovery too? Yeah. Paco, once they let him into the hospital with me, he was allowed, he was allowed in the waiting room. He was allowed in the room with me and he was allowed in recovery. So luckily I didn't have to be on my own, um, for any, any of that day. I'm sure. Definitely a saving grace. Yeah. That's, he's a, he's a good guy. Um, I'm sure, you know, relative to everything happening that day, this did not cross your mind, but were there concerns between you and Paco about contracting COVID during this whole nightmare? Um, I guess it, it crossed my mind in the hospital. Um, but because we, because we were entering the hospital, not through the emergency room, it didn't seem like such a big risk. And then there just weren't very many people around. Um, so I don't think I, I don't think I thought about it that much at the time. Um, in the beginning of COVID and still now, I am much more worried about like my parents getting COVID than I am about myself getting COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think I thought about it that much, but certainly somewhere in the back of our minds. So, um, I mean, clearly you're, you're both okay. This was, mm-hmm. uh, when this was in October? It was May. Oh, it was, okay, sorry, way off. <laughs> so it was in May. Um, so what, obviously you had to recover and, you know, work through this. What happened next with the family planning? Well, we were, we kind of had a lot of, a lot of stuff going on, obviously in the world. Um, and it was like, we just had this horrible experience. There was the whole, like everything that happened with George Floyd and the protests over the summer. Uh, there was obviously still COVID everywhere. There was the election coming up, which was terrifying. Um, and, you know, we, we just were kind of like, no, let's, we like, I think that the first pregnancy made us realize we really felt like we were ready. And, you know, we were just like, we don't like everything's not going to get better in six months or a year. There's always going to be something going on. And like, if we're going to have a child, like we, we might as well just get, get to it now. (laughs) And um, I will say that one thing that I took out of um, the first pregnancy that was positive about being pregnancy at this, being pregnant at this time in the world is um, that nobody expects you to go anywhere or do anything. So like, 
you like the first trimester obviously anyone who's ever been pregnant knows it kicks your ass so like um I did I knew at that point that I was going to be working from home through the end of the year so it was like I might as well see about um getting through that first trimester at home and uh you know we were really lucky we got pregnant again really quickly once we um once we decided to go for it so um we found out in in October that we were pregnant again um and it was really nice and continues to be really nice to not have to do anything or go anywhere (laughs) during pregnancy and there's no like coyly lying to people about why you're not drinking or anything like that like it's really easy I'm, a, I'm an expert at making very genuine looking mocktails for zoom happy hours <laughs> nobody questions it <laughs> you have to share some recipes for uh, anybody who's listening mm-hmm. um so did you with this pregnancy decide to change your approach to personal care so the big thing the big change that we made was that I didn't go to a midwife again. Um, and it's absolutely nothing against midwifery. I, um, I took away from that experience that like the approach was not going to work for me, not because there's any problem with it, but because I'm too anxious and I didn't think I could wait until 12 weeks to get an ultrasound. Um, I knew that I was going to be really anxious that the same thing would happen again or that something different would happen. So we switched to a regular OBGYN who does regular ultrasounds at each checkup. Um, and that is the biggest change, which, you know, I admire, I admire women who can power through without that, but I really need that reassurance. I still, even though I'm in the second trimester now, really need it. <laughs> I really yeah, I each time I get to see the baby on the ultrasound. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I definitely remember getting mad every time I went to the OB and saying, wait, I don't get to do the ultrasound again. What's up with mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Um, so what are the COVID, what do the protocol, uh, COVID protocols look like for your OBGYN? Um, so lo- luckily the timing worked out that they had a one visitor policy um, in the, in the beginning. Um, and they actually have had that up until mid-December um, after the, post Thanksgiving spike and with Christmas and New Year's, they went back to no visitors. Um, But for the first couple of appointments, uh, we were able to go together, which also made a huge difference, just being able to have the emotional support in the room. And like, obviously we're both really nervous the first couple of times. So it made a huge difference. Um, I really feel for women who have had to go to all of their appointments without their partner. but uh, yeah, we, the, I've only just been to one that I had to go to by myself. And I was, I definitely got like a post-traumatic response to it because it was like, oh, if he's not allowed to be there, that means that I'm going to get bad news. Like it, that weird, like superstitious connection thing. Um, and it was, it was tough. I had a lot of anxiety going in, um, but everything was fine. So hopefully that will, that kind of destroyed the the um, superstitiousness for if I have to go by myself again, which it's un- it's unsure at this point because my next appointment is at the end of the month and who knows at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, well, speaking of appointments, though, 
uh, I think you said you had one recently. What, can mm -hmm. you tell, is there, was there a, like a screening and a protocol? Yeah, so each time we go to the OBGYN, they have you fill out uh, some paperwork just asking if you've been in contact with anyone with COVID, if you've had a fever, or if you've been out of New York State, I think, um, in the past 14 days. So you just have to like check it and sign it. And, um, and then they check your temperature. That's their screening. Okay. And then is it one of those um, call from outside when you're ready and they let you in? Or can you just walk in and say, I'm here? No, that you can just walk in. They have a waiting room. I think that they're being probably a little, they're probably scheduling fewer appointments because I've never seen, it's a pretty large waiting room and I've never seen more than like three people at a time in it. So I think they're just staggering, staggering their appointments a little differently. Okay. Um, so I, another question kind of comes from the vaccine is here. It's been here for a very small amount of time, mm -hmm. but um, as a, I think, I think we call you new mom officially. So as a, <laughs> a soon-to-be mom, um, you know, are they talking about vaccinating you while you're pregnant? Would you, I know um, given your line of work, you might not be in the, the tier one in, uh, on the priority list, but are you allowed to get vaccinated? Do you have to wait until after you give birth to get vaccinated? Are they telling you to stock up on certain vitamins or uh, do anything in particular with COVID in mind? I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to get vaccinated. The like um, pregnancy communities that I've looked at, the like online communities of women who are expecting it around the same time. Um, it seems like a lot of the healthcare workers are, are grappling with whether or not, but they're all being offered it. Um, I think a lot of people know that the, there were no pregnant women included in the trials. So, um, there's some people who say like, there's no reason at all to worry about getting it when you're pregnant. It's totally fine. And you should. And then there's some people who say like, oh, if there weren't, if it wasn't tested on pregnant women, you should not get it. Um, and my feeling is I'd, I'd be in the very last group, I think, unless they, I, I'm not sure if they're counting pregnancy as high as being in a high risk group. I actually haven't looked into that, but, um, I, I'm operating under the assumption that I'd be in the very last group of people qualified because I work from home and um, I'm not elderly, et cetera. Um, so at this point, what we're, but what I'm thinking is that I probably will wait anyway until after I give birth because by the time the last group goes, it'll probably be my third trimester. Um, and I don't really have to expect be exposed. I don't really have to go anywhere or do anything. Um, so to me, I, I feel like it makes more sense to wait until after. Um, but I also know that a lot of pregnant women are getting vaccinated and also they are, I think, doing some testing on pregnant women now. I think they said they were going to do some trials in the new year. Um, so by the time I qualify, there might be more information. So I could definitely change my mind. I would really like to, I just, it's just the fact that some people with some semblance of authority, like not anti-vaxxers are saying it's not a good idea. That's the only thing that's causing me to hesitate. But yeah, once the baby's born, for sure. That's great. Um, so, and, uh, 
my husband will get vaccinated as soon as he's eligible. Oh, good. Yeah, that makes sense. So for anybody listening who might be in a either a similar stage that you were in or that you are in, do you have any anything you'd like, like to say to them before we, anything you didn't get to say that you'd like to share? I mean, I, I do really recommend talking to people about um, a pregnancy loss if you've had one. And particularly, I think if you're pregnant again after a pregnancy loss, it's, it's really scary. Um, and I think that the, the less you keep to yourself, the less you try to bear on your own, I think that the, the better off you are. And even if you don't know that you've had friends who had the same experience, you almost definitely do. One thing that I, one thing that occurred to me early on, right after my loss is, you know, I think it's really common for people to say 20 or 30%, I can't remember, somewhere in there of pregnancies end in miscarriage. Um, and that, and one thing that had never occurred to me until I was really thinking about that is that 20 to 30% of pregnancies indicates a much higher percentage of women because of so, so many women are pregnant more than once. So I think it's a, it's a really high percentage of women. I don't know exactly how many, but um, it, was, it was a pretty high percentage of my friends who I found out or I already knew had had a pregnancy loss. So, you know, you, even if you don't know you have that community in your life, you probably do. And it was one of those things where as soon as I raised my hand and talked about it, everyone who hadn't talked to me about it yet felt comfortable talking to me about it. So sometimes you just have to be the person who encourages everyone else to open up. And then that's, that's a community that, you know, you may need and your friends may need as well. Um, so I, I have no regrets about sharing it. And um, I would encourage other people to share. I think you've helped a lot of people today. <laughs> Thank you for recording with me. My pleasure.